Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Burquist. Uh, today, I wanted to get everyone an update on the commercial real estate market. So before we get into uh, me sharing a couple articles with you, I just wanted to give everyone a couple of headlines. So I'm around the, the Philadelphia market, as it were. And I just wanted to give everybody a, a quick glimpse into what is kind of happening here on the Philadelphia scene, uh, because I think it's very relevant to what it, I think you're seeing a lot of the same patterns to what is happening in other uh, major office markets around the U.S. So uh, so here in Philadelphia, um, 1818 Market Street faces imminent default as Center City Office Buildings owner seeks to renegotiate $223 million loan. 2023 year in review, center city office buildings are in financial distress and the fallout is likely to continue. Rampant office downsizing in center city led to record vacancy rates this year. Expect more of the same in 2022. So in the past year, Philadelphia companies signing new leases generally downsized their office space by between 20 and 40%. It's a trend likely to continue as remote and hybrid work policies become entrenched in many white collar professions. And then finally, we had a, uh, a real estate investment trust locally here called Preet. Uh, they filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy um, and they agreed to relinquish a stake in what's called the fashion district uh, down in, in Center City, Philadelphia. Um, so not a, not a great time to be in the in the office market here in Philadelphia. Um, a lot of this a lot of this this episode today we're going to be talking mainly on the office market, but I did want to touch a little bit on some of the other sectors as we as we go along here. But first, um, I just want to share a couple articles here with everyone. So. First article here. So this is from S&P Capital um, IQ. So this is the U.S. office market report, uh, which basically says that there are higher rates and lower valuations spur fierce headwinds. Now, this article is attributed mainly to REITs and the performance of REITs that are um, invested in the office market sector. So let's but let's read a thing. Let's read the head make kind of main headline here. So investors remain skeptical of the office market and continue to trade office REITs at vast discounts to their net asset value estimates. Similarly, low valuations have pushed the medium uh, median implied capitalization rate for the office REIT sector to its highest level in more than 20 years. Uh, price discovery remains limited with office transaction volume down more than 60% in most major markets. Uh, banks are preparing for tough sledding, having built reserves to high single digit percentages on loans tied to office properties. Um, so, and I wanna just go down here to this one chart here where so this shows the chart we're looking at here is of office REIT medium implied capitalization rates. So anybody, if anybody doesn't know anything about cap rates, cap rates go inverse of property value. So in other words, a like a normal cap rate might be eight percent. If the market is really hot, like with, we, we've been at times the last five six years, uh, you know, rates. I mean, cap rates could be as low as four, uh, but probably more like the five to six percent range. In, in a bad market or in bad times, you might see cap rates as high as like 10, 11, 12%. And that's kind of, so that's basically what you're seeing here in this red line. So, I mean, you can see here probably around 2018, 2019, this was riding at about six and a half percent. And now it's cruised all the way up to probably about 11 and a half percent here by the end of 2023. So a, you know, going from six and a half to 11 and a half cap rate, I mean, that's a pretty dramatic increase um, in cap rate, meaning you're seeing a dramatic decrease in property values. 
Um, and again, just down here, basically, you know, sharp increases in interest rates over the last 18 months have sparked concerns in the investment community that banks will see their commercial real estate loan portfolios come under stress. Uh, yes, they will. Uh, delinquency rates tied to commercial real estate credits increased in recent quarters, albeit off low bases. Um, and then down here at the bottom, there's a there's basically a chart looking at some of the different sectors uh, in commercial real estate, like commercial real estate loans, uh, C and D loans, which is construction and development, multifamily, non-owner occupied, um, and then it just and then it goes into the delinquency rate itself. So you can see here by the red line on the graph that delinquency rate has again from the third quarter of 2022, last five quarters that that uh, delinquency rate has spiked up. So that's basically the trend of what you're seeing in the at the moment. So let's go to another article here. So this is distress in commercial real estate loans on non-owner occupied properties rises at U.S. banks. So for people who, who aren't aware, uh, yes, there are four main sectors to commercial real estate, but banks will basically break those up into two main buckets, which is owner occupied properties and non-owner occupied properties. Um, an owner-occupied property would be a situation like this. Say you have a law firm, that law firm's owned by three partners. Uh, their law, they, then you know they go buy an office building, and then their law firm occupies the office building. So in other words, the same people that own the underlying business that occupy the space also own the building. That's what thus making it an owner-occupied property. A non-owner-occupied property is a strictly investment property. You're just you're just renting that. You're the owner and you just rent that out to other other tenants. So and and so what they're saying here is that the delinquency rate on the known non-owner-occupied properties is beginning to spike. And that makes sense because um you know, there's kind of different sides to the real estate market. Like you have the, I would say, properties under, say, you know, $10 million, which which gets financed by a lot of the smaller banks out there. And then you've got the loans of, you know, that get into the 15 to 50 million or 100 million plus that get really get financed by the by the bigger banks out there. A lot of those loans are what you call non-recourse loans, meaning that they're they're probably like investment grade, you know, large scale. It could be institutional buyers. So you're not going to have anybody that's going to personally guarantee those loans. So when the loan goes bad, there's a higher prob higher probability that they're just going to hand the keys back to the bank. And uh, that so that's you know kind of something in that. Uh, some somewhat requires a little bit deeper. That's a that's a, a somewhat oversimplification on my part, but it's still I, I think you I think you kind of get the point there. Um, and let's see here. And then down here we have a commercial real estate loan breakdown by type, assets, and region. Um, the one thing I would point out on this chart, a couple of interesting things here. So greater than a hundred billion, and you can see here there's the five hundred and twenty-seven billion dollars in commercial real estate greater than 100 billion uh the non-owner occupied makes up about 67 percent of that you've seen that the the quarterly change and bips is 101 which is which is big and then uh the you know non-owner occupied uh versus you know versus owner occupied i'm sorry uh known owner occupied commercial real estate ncos versus non-owner occupied real estate loans minus 53 basis points. So you, you, there's a, what I'm trying to point out there is that there's there's a swing there amongst the higher end properties, the larger properties. Uh, and then just to point out the 
The area that has the highest concentration is the Northeast section of the United States, which has got about 156 billion, um, about 67, 68% are known non-owner, considered non-owner occupied properties. Um, but then as you come down here to this, this chart gets really interesting. So top U.S. banks by the highest non-owner occupied commercial real estate concentrations as for as far as the third quarter of 2023. And the big banks on here have a huge concentration in non-owner occupied properties. You got Morgan Stanley has 97% of their commercial real estate portfolio is non-owner occupied properties. Goldman Sachs Group, 97%. Citigroup, 90%. You know, Capital One, 90%. Bank uh, o OZK, uh, 87%. Western Alliance Bank, 84%. Um, Wells Fargo, 79%. I mean, these, these are massive percentages for these for these bigger banks. And now look at the underlying delinquency. Uh, Morgan Stanley. What now here's an interesting thing. You might look at that 1.71%, and that might not seem very big, but that's actually pretty big. Um, and then because you normally you want to see a delinquency rate, you know say below 1%, you know, that's, that's where you want to be, like, you know, kind of like, you know, you see a lot of the banks down here on the list, like 0 0.27, 0 0.28, 0 0.25, 0.24, even 0.94, like that's kind of more the range that you, you want to be in. And then, but then you see Goldman Sachs here, 17.26% delinquency. That is a massive, massive amount of delinquency. And I'm going to do I'm going to kind of explain what some of these banks are doing here with some of the they're they are currently trying to offload a lot of these loans right now. And I'm going to get into that in another another episode, kind of explaining that in a little bit more depth of how they're trying to deal with this onslaught of delinquency that they they know is is coming. Uh, let's go to another article here. So office commercial real estate downturn is only in the beginning stages. Wells Fargo CFO. So the San Francisco-based uh, company's net charge-offs increased 17 basis points during the quarter, bringing its total net charge-offs to 53 basis points. Um, losses started to materialize in our commercial real estate office portfolio as market fundamentals remain weak. The losses were across a number of loans spread across uh, various markets and were driven by borrower performance, lower appraisals, or loans being sold at a loss. Um, the company began preparing for a downturn in office commercial real estate credit quality by steadily building reserves throughout 2023. I do think that we've got a while for this to play out through the system. Um, you know, institutional style office buildings are seeing more stress. In other words, larger office buildings in, in metropolitan markets. Um, let's see here. And then here was an interesting thing. So the FDIC put out this report uh, on December 18th, they put out, so this was advisory, managing commercial real estate concentrations in a challenging economic environment. And they basically, so some of the recommendations they make here are, you know, maintain strong capital levels, ensure that credit loss allowances are appropriate. In other words, your, your what's called your loan loss reserves, manage construction and development, C&D and CRE loan portfolios closely, uh, maintain updated financial and analytical information, bolster the loan workout infrastructure and maintain adequate liquidity and diverse funding sources. So if anybody saw my episode on loan workouts, you might want to go back and check that out because one of the one of so in other words, one of the things that they're saying in this report 
is that they think that, you know, banks should basically beef up on their loan workout areas. They should hire more loan workout people. The problem with that is that there, that, you know, we haven't had, it's been about 15 years since the banking industry had a massive kind of implosion in real estate where they had to have a lot of workout people on hand to, to deal with a lot of this stuff. So you, you don't have a, you don't have an overabundance of workout people that are hanging around right now. That's kind of, that's kind of the, the problem. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, so, you know, banks are, are really going to have to work at this, especially the bigger banks as these things um, start to pile up. Um, and I, I have a feeling that a lot of people who have never had any experience at workout are about to get a whole lot of experience at workout. So, um, so what, okay, so here, so what I want to do for a second, we'll come back to the office in just a second. I just wanted to touch on some of the, the other areas. So in the, com in the commercial office, or I'm sorry, the commercial apartment market, you know, like Philadelphia, for example, like Philadelphia is about to get flooded with, you know, Philadelphia's in the middle of a historic surge in multifamily development with more than 13,000 units under construction, according to CoStar. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of units. I mean, basically, over the last couple of years, we went into this just absolutely building splurge, just, you know, building all these properties and the market's going to have to, you know, digest that. And, and then basically this other article goes on to say, you know, rental market deceleration foreshadows 2024 multifamily operators. You know, the multifamily market has been cooling since its white hot streak of growth in 2021 and the first half of 2022. But while some U.S. apartment markets have seen rental declines, uh, owing primarily to a lot of new supply hitting the market, and there are palpable concerns about multifamily loan maturities, there also are indications of competitiveness for the multifamily market in certain cities uh, for the year ahead. So I, you know, so there's no doubt that the the rent increases have dramatically slowed. I mean, you're not going to get you're not going to get those you know 10, 20, 30 percent rent increases that landlords were getting for a couple of years here. I mean, that the I think the the apartment market has really stabilized and things have have really pulled back at this point. Um, and you're going to see a lot more competition for apartment units as because again that that thirteen thousand units that's just the Philly market. That's not New York, Washington. Uh, Boston, Baltimore, uh, all these other areas up and down the East Coast, which I, which probably, if I looked at CoStar, probably have very similar numbers. They probably have anything from ten to twenty thousand units, probably all coming online in, in all of those cities up and down the Eastern Seaboard. I would imagine. So, you know, that's a tremendous amount of product that's coming into the market in a short period of time, and and the the market is is going to have some struggles digesting all that. Uh, so we'll have to see how that that all plays out. Um, retail market, I think, continues to be very hit or miss. Um, you know, some properties are really good. Some properties are, you know, not so much. That all depends on the kind of your 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 anchor tenants and and the type of property it is. It's a, is it a mall? Is it um, is it like an is it like an outdoor outlet? Is it like a retail strip center? Like what like what what is it? How big is it? What are your credit tenants? All that stuff really matters when it comes to when it comes to retail. Um, industrial, I think industrial has a lot of the same issues that the, the multifamily market has. In other words, they've got a lot of supply coming online, which is beginning to drive up vacancy a little bit there. And it's also stalling out, uh, rent increases the same and the same, same exact way that we're seeing that in the, in the multifamily market. So, 
so again, I think it's like multifamily and industrial and, and retail are all like kind of like yellow light, like caution, caution, like just like nothing to worry about just yet. But you need to keep an eye on this um, office market, you know, is is uh, office markets in, in big trouble. Um, you've just especially the bigger office buildings in these larger metropolitan cities where a lot of people are just not going into work. Now, the, the one issue that I have to point out that I, I feel like never gets mentioned in these articles, and that is the crime in these cities. Um, the crime has become a major problem in, I think, pretty much every major city across the United States. And that's something that uh, these cities need to tackle. I, I found it you know interesting that you know Philadelphia just elected a new mayor and the you know the what we call the center 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 city um business district just got a new ceo and both of them came out their number one priority was crime crime and safety that both of them came right out of the gate number one thing crime and safety so they they know it's there like they they know it's there they know it's a big issue they know it has to be dealt with and um you know i think that's something that needs to go in because i because again the the issue is not as simple as people not wanting to come back to the office it is a little bit more complicated that with the crime and like i said with the some of the other um issues that are going on right now in these major cities so um so and interest rates are not helping with this but the bottom line is the the rent rolls are down meaning the valuations are down the appraised values are going to come in lower these properties are going to be sold a lot less than than what the current mortgages are they have outstanding there's going to be a lot of delinquency there's going to be a lot of runoff and this is something that's going to it's going to play out over the next 2 3 years it's not going to be a uh, like a quick thing that happens in a couple months and then it's over with um so so I hope uh, again. I hope uh, everybody en enjoyed that or got a little uh, knowledge on that as far as what's happening in the in the commercial real estate market. And I'll come back probably in another you know three months, four months, and do another update on the commercial real estate market and see what's going on there. Uh, keep an eye out. I've got a, a bunch of a, kind of a flurry of episodes that I'm that I'm coming out here with uh, this weekend to hopefully hit people with some good stuff over the uh, MLK holiday here and. Um, yeah, so just keep an eye out for things. Like I said, a bunch of a bunch of uh, I got a new interview coming out. I uh, got a couple other episodes on on mer you know update on mergers and acquisitions, up just a general update on the banking market. Um, so number of different things coming out. But but you know check that out. Uh, please make sure to give a thumbs up. Make sure to like and subscribe. Leave a comment below. I always love getting back to people. And make sure to follow us on YouTube, Rumble, and all major podcast platforms. And I'll be back and talk to everybody again real soon. Thanks a lot.